What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Co-op Couch. Uh, this one is a little off schedule for us, but there's a good reason for it. And I did put out a tweet letting everyone know. Uh, summer's game, on our, on our normal release schedule, Summer's Game, we wanted to do an episode on Summer's Game Fest, which is the replacement for E3, because E3 was canceled this year, I believe. Again? It was yeah. like, what, the third or fourth year in a row? Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, when it was COVID, it made sense, right? But COVID's right. been gone for a little while. I think this might have been funding. I don't know if E3 is going to come back. I don't either. You know what? It, not to like already spin us off the rails, but <laughs> I, I, I think the problem with E3 is that they were, they were already struggling because a lot, of, a lot of the people that would go to E3, like what E3 was known for, now they all do their own, right? Like the, the PlayStation, the state of plays are huge. The Nintendo Directs are huge. Right they'd rather just do it themselves and not have to worry about the pressure of competing is what I think. I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but that's my opinion. I think they were already on the cusp of losing it all. And then because of COVID, they didn't do E3 and that was just time and proof to these other companies that they didn't need E3. Right. But then COVID ended and then E3 got announced and they all pulled out of E3 because they're like, well, we could just do it ourselves. Right. And then, and then they did. So, yeah, I don't think it's coming back either. But anyway, Summer Game Fest. So, yeah, so Summer Games Fest, which is the new E3, what have you, uh, was going on last weekend when, when we would have, or last week when we would have released. And we didn't want to, we thought about doing an episode about what was released. And I was like, we should just wait and do a whole wrap up. Everything that was announced and talked about from everybody all in one wrap up. Um, so that's what we're doing here. With that being said, this isn't everything, but me and Anthony have sifted through, picked our favorites, um, and that's what we're going to talk about. Obviously, there's other things that we didn't mention or that we're not going to mention here. There's a lot to cover, mm -hmm. um, so go out and do your own research on that if there's something we didn't cover here. But we're going to talk about you know, the things that we cherry-picked from what we heard. Um, some of it's a little bit more exciting than others. Some of them are just neat, but I hope you enjoy the ride anyway. Uh, to start us off, I want to talk about Marvel's Spider-Man, which got a release date of October 20th, 23. So that's coming up this year, the end of this year, which is really cool. Um, it looks phenomenal. The original Spider-Mans were phenomenal. Um, or not the original. It's not like the OG PS2 GameCube ones. Right. But the, the first one was phenomenal. And hopefully it looks like it's keeping that, that same open world, field, op open world feel, which looks really cool. Um, while I didn't play it, I saw enough streamers play it, and it looked awesome. Uh, Graphics-wise, it looks fantastic. Uh, Gameplay-wise, looks fantastic. But I think the coolest spinoff is that they said that... Now, if you don't know about Spider-Man lore, you're not going to know who Eddie Brock is. But Eddie Brock is Venom in Spider-Man canon. Um, and in this game, he's not. Uh, and so that's kind of a little twist for everybody here. People are wondering... It's enticing for them. Well, oh, what's going to happen? Who's going to be Venom? We know that Spider-Man's supposed to get the Venom symbiote at some point. He has the Venom suit and how the story's going to go. Um, but it looks really good. And I think it's, it's going to... Obviously, it's going to be a great game the, as long as it follows the same path as the first ones do, which it looks like it's heading. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I think in my initial reaction to uh the spider-man games uh and and by the way i played the spider-man game on the playstation one and it was very much 
uh, I don't want to say the same thing because obviously there's no way it was half as polished, but kind of the same in the same vein where like you could swing around, swing around the city. You didn't have to follow any quest path uh, or mission path, um, even though you could. Um, and that was probably the most entertaining part about it, right? Was just flying through the city. Um, fun game. And I, I think my first reaction to this was my God, how many of these can they make? Because they've always been the same. Um, at, at least at its core, right? They might, quality of life here and there, obviously graphics will change, whatever. But they ultimately are the same game. You are Spider-Man. You swing around the city. You get a mission to help some lady being mugged. And then you follow the story and it's like one of the Spider-Man villains. And, and that's really any superhero game, right? Because that's how their lore just works. Right. Um, so on the surface, at first, I was not excited about it. But then I started thinking about it more. And honestly, I think the Spider-Man games are the perfect example of one thing that I always say, which is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I, I think the fact that they keep doing these right is why they're so successful every time. They're gorgeous games. The quality of life changes are just enough that they, they get progressively better or different that it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't force buyer's remorse in that you're like, you buy a Spider-Man game for 60 bucks and then a year later a new gen version comes out for 70 bucks and you're excited and then you play it and you're like, this is the same fucking game. Why right. did I buy this? Right. It's just enough difference. And, um, I, I, I really think that is like a testament to the, the focus they put on the game and the fact that, like I said, like you don't have to keep changing your game to make it like people will stay if it's, if it's good. And if they love it, like you don't have to make, a completely different ground up model every time. And I think what's nice about this too, is like we did, we did an episode a while back of the podcast talking about like the sweet spot for sequels. Right. So if you did like, we talked about halo and gears of war, how like they shouldn't have gone past three and if three right. was the magic number or whatever, but this is not a sequential story. It's not a, a, you know, it's an everlasting universe in these video games that are made after comics. The comics have been around for longer than I've been alive. Right. So, like, I think there's always gonna be a, a good potential for these to be successful, even if the model doesn't change, because that universe has so many things to infinitely draw on right. and make a game out of. And at the end of the day, the simplicity is what people are drawn to, which is ultimately being Spider-Man swinging through a giant city. Why not? So, it does look good. It's very, very pretty. And the one thing that drew me to it versus the previous games is the Venom uh the venom suit because in the trailer you see spider first off the suit just looks sick yeah uh, but but in the trailer he like his arms like lash out into multiple like i don't even know how to describe it if anyone knows venom you know what i'm talking about right it was almost tar like right he's got like the liquidy black kind of vibe going on and he, he just branches out into like four different arms of goop and grabs a shit ton of dudes and just picks them up slams them down and I'm like oh I couldn't do that in the last Spider-Man game like okay that's pretty sick so, Venom is sick dude I mean the, yeah. it's it's sad that the movie sucked but because Venom is cool but yeah the whole the whole stuff behind Venom is always neat 
Um, but yeah, I do, I do think it looks really good. Um, not, not just visually looks good, right? But like, it does look appealing as a game. I think, I think they did a good job on it, and uh, I'm interested to see how this does with ratings. Because the last two, uh, you know, unfortunately, I still haven't had a chance to play them, but I have heard nothing but positive reviews, outstanding reviews about the last two. So, well, and it's got such a big following too, right? Like, I, I say following, but I guess I mean like. There's a lot of fans of Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. And like Spider like you know I what like when I was younger, I was like, I don't like like Spider-Man's meh, he's alright. But now they have this like really cool portrayal of Spider-Man with um I almost said Andrew Garfield, but it's not Garfield. Tom Holland. Like Holland. I love Tom Holland Spider-Man. Um and and they've got these really cool the, the the quirkiness of Spider-Man, how he was in the comics, is now being fully portrayed in yeah. a really good way, and I think that just sells it so much more. And I, I love Spider-Man now. I think he's such a cool character. And what they're doing... I mean, I just saw a meme the other day that was um, Spider-Man fans have been eating good because all these cool Spider-Man games have been coming out and all the good Spider-Man movies have been coming out, yeah. and we just got across the Spider-Verse, which was into the Spider-Verse was awesome. Um, and now we have Across the Spider-Verse, which is the sequel, and we just had another new Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, and, and now we have this game coming out, and this game looks awesome. I so, think there's a new animated movie coming out, too, again now. Well, that might have been the Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I see, I'm not a big yes. movie person, so it would go over my head anyway, but yeah, I just saw that the other day. Yeah, so they did Into the Spider-Verse, which is like you had Spider-Gwen, and you had the Miles Morales Spider-Man, and you right, had all right, these right. other Spider-Mans all together from all, you know, because multiverse, right? And now this is the sequel. Okay, okay. I think, yeah, I think we're talking about the same thing. I didn't realize yeah. it was already out. I thought it was like, I think coming it, out. It, maybe it's not out. Maybe it's not out. I don't know. I thought it was out, but maybe it's not. Well, anyway. Yeah. Um, anyway, good things coming. Release date October twentieth of twenty twenty three. So that'll be in what, like five ish months, four ish months, uh, four months. Yeah, four months. Right, almost to the day. Um, next, Prince of Persia: The Lost Crown. Now, this one really struck me interesting. Um, I remember playing Prince of Persia, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about Prince of Persia with you, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um. I played Prince of Persia on the Nintendo GameCube, and there was two of them. There was Sands of Time, and there was Warrior Within. This one's called The Lost Crown. Now, Prince of Persia has had older games that were side-scrollers and, you know, 2D action platformers. Um, they were okay, but the GameCube had these 3D worlds and, you know, platformer puzzles, a little bit of combat. It was really good. They were well done. Now they're coming out with a new Prince of Persia game, but they're going back to that 2D style. But it looks sick. It does. I really it, like the art style. The art style looks really cool. The combat is it's fast-paced. It almost reminds me of, like, not that I think it's going to be like Hollow Knight, because, I'm you know, definitely not art-wise, but, like, combat-wise, because it looks a little bit more fast-paced yeah. than Hollow Knight. But it's got that same feel to it, where it's like... When you're fighting a boss in Hollow Knight and you're dashing on the field and avoiding their attacks and using your abilities, that's kind of what it looked like to me and kind of felt like to me. I just thought it was very interesting that they decided to go back from doing a 3D. Because as far as I'm concerned, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think this was the last... This is the first 
Prince of Persia game to come out since Warriors Within on the GameCube. So it's interesting to me that they're going to go back from going from a 3D world to a 2D world. Like, you almost never really see that. Yeah, I don't know what the last one was, but it's definitely been a long time since Prince of Persia has come out. I'm, I'm fairly certain there hasn't been one in a while. And yeah, it's weird to go from 3D to 2D, but I like it. The, the only thing that I personally am uh, waiting to see, or I, I guess you could say skeptical of, is I don't like New Age Metroidvanias. Uh, right. So like Hollow Knight, like oh my god, I'm gonna get so much hate for this, but uh, Hollow, Hollow Knight, Ori in the Blind Forest, I could not play them. I played each one for not that long. Don't know the exact time. Hated it. Not because they're not like they're gorgeous games. They play really well. Like don't get me wrong, I'm not hating. I know why people love them, but I lose my mind when a game is. I, I look, I have a terrible short term memory, and that short term memory is caused by stress. And if having that short term memory causes other problems, then my stress increases, right? Because right. it's frustrating. So, my problem with Metroidvanias is a lot of people love the spider web because a lot of people don't like linear, but that's what drives me up a fucking wall because I hate when. I'll like I'll start the game right and you'll go and you'll go and you'll go and you'll fight and then you find this door and it's like you don't have the power that opens this door yet or it's a chasm and it's like you don't have double jump yet you can't dash across this yet whatever and you're like okay I need to progress that's cool and so you go you backtrack and then you go the other way and then that way branches off into three and so you pick one of those and then, oh, you don't have that power. So you backtrack, you pick a different one. And then that branches off into four. And it's like, there's no way in hell I'm going to remember which corridor I've already gone down and which corridor had the chasm like two hours into gameplay later, you finally get that double jump or that dash. I have no idea where that chasm was. So now I'm going right. to walk the whole fucking spider web again just to find it. It's, it's aggravating. To me, that's aggravating. It's so that's infuriating. That's one thing I really liked about, oh God, what was the name of the new Metroid game that came out? Oh, I don't... Find Dread. Me. Metroid Dread. So Metroid, I mean, obviously that's what it comes from. Metroid and Castlevania. Right. You know, right. Metroidvania. Um, Metroid Dread came out, I want to say two years ago, something like something that. Something like that, yeah. I so played it on Switch. I was worried about the same thing. I was like, oh, it's a Metroidvania game. I love, I like Metroidvania style games, but I'm with you. I always get confused. I think they're really cool concepts, but I always get lost. It's the same reason I gave up on Hollow Knight. And there's nothing worse than being like, I'm going to go over here and you spend your time going through an area and then all of a sudden you hit a wall because you don't have an ability, right? right? That always sucks. But so I'm with you. I always get lost. I always get confused. I don't have a good memory. So I played Dread, and they mark everything very clearly for you. See, that's the, nice. The map is very well done. If you have a door, and they've done that in other, in other Metroid games, too. Like, if there's a door that has to be open with um, missiles, for instance, when you get missiles, they'll, those doors are, like, red-colored. And so you always know, oh, red doors are missile doors. 
So anytime you see a red door, you know it's a missile door. Yeah, see, that's um, nice. I'm cool and they, with that. And they tell you, too, a lot of the times you'll get a new upgrade, and they'll say, didn't we see something around here in the map that we could now do with this? You know? And so it gives you that push in the right direction, like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, I can go back, and you're not fumbling. And that's see, really cool. And this is, this is the one thing in all video games that I don't think we see enough of anymore is is options right because this will inevitably cause a debate where people are like like there's people like us that hate it and then there's other people that don't like having their hand held and they're like that's shitty like i wanted to find it on my own don't tell me i don't see why developers can't put that in the options some kind of guidance option to turn on or off right like tell me or don't tell me and it's a checkbox why not like there's a lot of things that have debate where I could see both sides of the argument. I'm like, I don't understand why the developers just didn't make this a choice. Why did right. they choose and, and make the option? That's a whole nother tangent. But yeah, yeah, that that's, is. <laughs> that's, that's my gripe with, with Metroidvanias, though, personally. And so anyway, you watch the trailer. It looks really, really good. And in the trailer, it doesn't really look like there's, you know, multiple paths to take, but also... Also, it's a short trailer, and there's no mini-map view or whatever. So, and like, it's it, mostly combat. Right. So it's like if I was watching a trailer of Hollow Knight, I might see the same things. So it definitely could be a Metroidvania. I don't know. But if it's not, I'm all over it because I love platformers. It looks good. I've actually never played a Prince of Persia except for one of the 3D titles on the PlayStation 3. I played at my cousin's. Couldn't tell you the name of it, though. I have no idea. Um... But it looks good. I, I I would play it if it wasn't a Metroidvania to waste my money on. <laughs> right, right. Um, next up on the list is a stupid one. I was really disappointed. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't wait for this one. I was so disappointed. So Path of Exile 2. Path of Exile 2 was announced. Coming. I don't think they gave a release date. Oh, also, uh, Prince of Pusher is coming out next year. That's all they gave us. Uh, just to cover. Uh, that they didn't give us a date, but they said next year. Uh, but Path of Exile 2, um, I know people love this game. I find it very overwhelming with the skill tree. When we've talked about that in previous episodes, so I'm not going to rehash that. Yep. Here's my problem I find it stupid when MMOs create sequels. Like if they came out with a Final Fantasy 14 2. I'd be like, why? They came up with a World of Warcraft 2. I'd go, why? They created an Overwatch 2, and we didn't talk about this, although we were planning well, on it, so I'll just mention it now. <laughs> yeah, we'll mention it now, because this was an old episode topic we wanted to talk about, but uh, Overwatch 2, they were like, we're going to make Overwatch 2 because we want to create a story mode. Okay, I'll give it that to you. Do I think you need to? No, I think that can be DLC. We're in the day, a day and age where we can push that out through the internet and give yeah. people story. I don't think you need to create a whole nother game, although I'll give it to them. At least it was a free upgrade, but then their story got scrapped. So I'm like, why did you even create a sequel? So I'm disappointed with Path of Exile 2 because I don't understand it. I can't understand it for one reason, if they want to change what it's built on for better performance. And I, I guess I kind of understand that. But... I'm even more disappointed because the trailer was god awful. That trailer, oh. you watched the trailer, right? 
I yeah, admittedly, I this one I only okay. Well, you didn't through. miss much because <laughs> you didn't miss much because this is what the trailer is. Your character is there, and it looks like some sort of like wizard kind of person. And they walk up, and they're like, "Where am I? Why is this thing going on?" And then she gets attacked, and you lightning a bunch of enemies, and then they die. And then it's not even like a bunch of enemies. I think it's like four. And then you walk a little bit more, and there's like four more enemies, and you cast a bunch of lightning for four more enemies. And then you walk up to a boss, and you're lightning in the boss, and then it cuts, and it's like Path of Exile 2. And that's the trailer! That's stupid. The trailer was god-awful! What, like, what are you telling me here? So, alright. Oh, god, I was so mad! <laughs> a couple, couple notes. First off, I, I get your point, but I would not call Path of Exiles an MMO. In the same vein that prior to Diablo 4... Diablo was not an MMO, and this is directly a Diablo clone. I would venture to call it a Diablo ripoff for different reasons of my own opinion. But I think if Path of Exiles has a story and people were attached to that story, then yeah, I think this works. One thing that I'm learning as of late is, and, and if you are a Path of Exiles player listening to this, please don't take this personally, because obviously there's different types of people in every group. I could probably say the same thing about Final Fantasy XIV players that aren't me. But one thing I'm learning recently is the more I talk to people that like Path of Exiles, the more they are like super defensive elitists that are kind of dickbags. So the other day, I was in someone's chat on Twitch, and they had not really ever played a Diablo, uh, but they did play Lost Ark, and she, everyone's playing it, so she gets on Diablo 4, and uh, her chat, a few new people in her chat were talking about Path of Exiles, and she was asking about Path of Exiles, so I very casually said what we've talked about before, you know, hey, I, I personally wasn't a huge fan, as someone that's played all of the Diablos for so many years, I wasn't a fan of Path of Exiles because I think that they, you know, blah, 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 X, Y, Z, the skill tree is a mess, the class system is non-existent, it's imaginary, it's a joke, whatever. I got jumped on almost immediately. And like, why? <laughs> you know, I get it, you're passionate about the game, you like it, but even after I said, I was like, hey, you know what, like, it's just my opinion, you guys are just as welcome to like it as much as I don't. That wasn't good enough. They wanted to keep debating. So I guess my point is there are people that are passionate about the game. And even though they're dick bags about it, that might be enough of a reason to have Path of Exiles too. Even if I don't like it, even if I'm not interested in it, it's not an MMO. It had a story. I didn't follow the story because I didn't give a shit. But if the people that love the game played the story and followed the story, then they have just as much right to make a second one as Diablo does. Um, what I do think on that note though, is in the same way that legend of the dragoon has a cult following and got buried because it released at the same time as final fantasy seven, I think is absolutely horrible of them to announce this in the hype of Diablo four, oh. terrible, terrible PR timing. There's no way this sees a successful launch outside of their cult following because of their timing. That is what I think. Well, I guess it depends on when it's coming out, right? Like, they can... they. I don't think it's out yet. Uh, it's not out yet. It's just an announcement, right? So, 
you know, if they released in two years when Diablo yeah. 4 had been pushed back, that's going to be a little bit different, right? It would be rebuild the hype. Yeah, I guess that's true. Right. But... And there's a lot more, obviously. And, you know, I, I, I'm, it's a halvesy with the trailer. Like, I get that it's an announcement trailer. It's not meant to give you a lot of information. It's just enough to get you like, oh, like, I'm excited. You know, they're coming out with Path of Exile 2. Like, I'm excited. So that it's just an announcement trailer. It's nothing special. So, yeah, I say it's a sucky trailer, but because I didn't think it was that good. But it's just an announcement trailer. It's not supposed to be like gameplay footage and in-depth information. It's just to get you talking about it, which is exactly what we're doing. Yeah. <clears throat> now, and, and on the flip side of that, on the flip side of that, I agree with you. Good point about the not an MMO, right? It is multiplayer online, but it's also single player and does have a story and it's also single player in a lot of aspects so i'll give you that and if they do what they did with path of exile one which is they made it free you can download for free i have no no problems no problems as long as they're not going to charge you like 30 dollars or 40 dollars to go to path of exile 2 or if they upgrade you from path of exile to one to path of exile 2 for free like overwatch 2 did no issues right because at least it's not a quick cash grab. Oh, we can just make another game. There's another game called Ark, who's coming out with an Ark 2. And they're shutting down their servers for Ark 1, and people are rioting about it. Or not rioting, actually, but they're upset about it. And uh, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, that's my... That's my yeah. I think, I think it has potential for the people that care. That is what I think. For sure. No, I, I, I hope it does. I never want... If, I mean, listen, there's a big fan base for it. I don't want it to be shitty. I'm never going to be like, oh, yeah, I want this game to suck because fuck those people. So, you know, I hope people, I hope, like, enjoy your games. I don't care. Just because it's not for me. Right. Doesn't mean it's not for anybody else. Other people can enjoy games. Right. The next one on our list is Sandland, which I thought was really interesting. Um, it's a new IP coming out, and it's beat with the creator of Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. Actually, I am. Akira Toriyama. Um, it really looks like Borderlands meets Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, uh, for sure. It, it, it really vibes that way to me. Uh, if you've watched the trailer, the, the creatures in the game give off a big Dragon Ball Z feel. Even You're the main character. To... The main character straight up looks like... Um... Shit, I never actually watched DBZ. I always forget his name. One of the yeah. one of the freezes, or no, one of the boos. I'm sorry, one of the boos. Oh, you know what? I watched that trailer earlier today, and I don't remember it now. I don't remember what they look like. But regardless, uh, oh, you know what? You're right. They do look like one of the boo. They do look like boo. You're for, you're right for sure. Not not fat boo, but the the, the yeah, other yeah, one. Yeah. Um. You're supposed to play as the demon prince Beezlebub, and you're supposed to be able to, you're supposed to find water in a post-apocalyptic desert. Um, so that's the information we have for that. It looks really good. Uh, it's actiony, like Dragon Ball Z is. If you've played any of the recent Dragon Ball Z fighters, uh, it has the the fast-paced combat. Uh, I say fast. It's not DMC fast. It's just action fast. Right, right, right. Uh, which is nice. And it, it looks really well done. And I, I, I really dig the graphic style that they went with. You can definitely tell that it was done with Dragon Ball Z in mind. Or Dragon Ball in mind, whichever. Um, um, I think it's going to be good. I think it looks good. I'm excited for it. 
I think, um, you know, it's hard for me to have an impression on this as someone that never watched Dragon Ball Z or got into any of the Dragon Balls or, um, you know, I was a big Borderlands fan, but as the games released, I got less and less interested. Like, I loved the first one, but the sequels just like, meh. And so it's like, I'm looking at it. I love the art style because it's Borderlands. The character style, like character design is where DBZ comes into play. I, meh. Um, not that it doesn't look good, but again, I don't have that nostalgic connection to it. Right. Um, but it, it does look overall like a good game. Now, one thing I didn't know when you sent this link to me that I found out when I went to look up the trailer is that th this is actually based on a manga that already exists. So it's not mm -hmm. just the Dragon Ball Z creator. This is an existing story already that they're turning into a video game. I must uh, have missed that. And so, yeah, so I don't know, you know, if, if people are, are digging the manga and people are already into it, uh, then this could be even more exciting. Or it could be scary because, you know, a lot of uh, adaptations tend to not be as great. And maybe, I don't know, maybe people are disappointed. Uh, we'll see. But it does look pretty good. The one thing that stood out to me in this trailer more than anything was that, uh, and I told myself I wasn't going to forget the timestamp because I knew I was going to talk about it. But again, short-term memory. I'm pretty sure it's like a minute and eight seconds in. Somewhere about there, you guys can go and you can watch the trailer. But if you've played the first Borderlands, you cannot tell me that the design of the little vehicle he's in is not straight out of Borderlands. It is the same Bandit Rider vehicle, like, period. Uh, which could be good or bad, depending on how you look at it, you know? Maybe you're the type of person that's like, wow, what a ripoff. They couldn't design something on their own. Or maybe you love Borderlands so much that it's more exciting. Your, <laughs> your, your decision, that's up to you. I'm just saying it is the same vehicle. Yeah, um, my problem is there's so many vehicles in this game, though. You got mecha suits. You've got, you've got, you can even ride animals. I'm, yeah. I only, I'm only speaking of this so confidently, literally, because you were like, in the trailer, I want to talk about this thing. And I'm like, pull up the trailer now <laughs> i want to refresh my memory so i went to a minute and eight and i was like okay i see exactly what you're talking about now but now i'm going through and i'm like there's so many other vehicles in this game too but they all just vibe like dragon ball i mean you got the yeah. blue raptor thing you've got the, the mecha suit school. some of it reminds yeah. me of um some of it reminds me of um so i played dragon quest 11 s um i played dragon quest 11 s when hero got announced for smash and that was cool. That was cool. And one of the one of the mechanics of that game is you could fight an enemy, and then when you fought it, some of them were like vehicular enemies, so you could ride it or get in it or something like that, and that would allow you to like traverse the dungeon that you're in a little bit more. Maybe get to chests you couldn't get to otherwise, or get to the next part of the dungeon. And one of them is like this little jumpy thing. It kind of reminds me of that. You know, one of them was like this little jumpy thing. And there's, so there's one in here that looks exactly like that. Uh, but that, that's kind of what this reminds me of too. It's just like watching all the different vehicles. It's like, oh, it kind of reminds me of like Dragon Quest Eleven and being able to do all this other stuff. I'm not saying it's going to be the same mechanic, obviously. Right. But that's just because there's, I mean, there's at least six or seven different, different vehicles in this trailer. That you're just like, oh, well, like, when are we going to use this? And how are we going to use this? But it looks good. It looks good. It looks like it's going to be a little quirky. It looks like it's going to be a little fun. 
which is exciting. And uh, I mean, if it's already got a manga, which you're, I did not know that. I must have missed that when I sent you the information. I just stumbled upon it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's already got a manga, which means people already like it, um, or presumably people already like it. And then, uh, I mean, Dragon Ball Z style and creator, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. The only thing I, I will say one last, the, the only thing I'm curious about is how you drive an entire story on, I'm in desert, must find water. That's like, I, I don't know how compelling that is, but there's got to be more to it, right? Like, I'm not... I mean, they made a whole movie about finding land. Waterworld? Yeah, I didn't watch it. So yeah, yeah, there was a movie called Waterworld, and where one dude had a map to the only patch of land, you know, and so he had like everyone wanted to find the map to the land, and so it could just be reverse Waterworld. <laughs> you're on land and you're trying to find water. Yeah, I guess so. And that was an hour and forty minutes at least, you know. So I mean, it can be done. I, I listen. I have no idea how they're going to drive the story either. All I'm saying is it can be done. Oh, I'm sure it can. I'm, what I'm saying is I wonder how, but... Right, right. Uh, I'm going to pass the next two over to you because this is your area. Sure. Next one is 40K Space Marine 2. Um, the only thing I really wanted to cover on this is um, the first game uh, had a lot of really good reviews. Funny story, it's sitting in my Steam library. I still have not played it. But what makes me really excited about this one is so they announced a co-op trailer. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of co-op. Uh, it's almost like I named a podcast after it with a friend. You know, it's crazy. Um, I'm sorry. Wait, you, wait, name, wait. you named it. I, the wording came out <laughs> as I was saying it. I was like, I need to find a way to reword this because I, I was trying to say, like, I'm on a podcast named after and it came out as like I named it. I did not. I'm just, it, but, I, I'm just giving um, you a hard time. It's no, it's, I know. It's, but <laughs> as I said it, I was like, this is not right. Uh, I could feel my tongue burning. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're obviously we're huge fans of co-op, right? And so like me and uh, my best friend, Kevin, who is one of the people I play Warhammer with and other Warhammer video games. Um, one of our best memories is the Lord of the Rings game on the GameCube that was three player co-op. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. I think it was Two Towers is what it was called, I think. Um, but uh, anyway, GameCube or PlayStation? it was on GameCube. Um, okay. I can't, I can't remember the name of it, but phenomenal game. It was basically just a hack and slash, but you had different like button combos for different attacks and like straightforward. It was simple, but it was one of our favorite games to play together. And so for this to be announced as three player co-op, like, I don't know, I might be getting my hopes up a little bit too high here, but it does make me excited to have a story driven co-op that unfortunately we just don't see as often anymore. And right. in a universe that I'm a big fan of. Now, for anyone that doesn't know Warhammer, uh, the Space Marines are the poster child of the game. Like, Space Marines are everywhere. In any video game ever, they're one of the only factions to ever be chosen. Uh, in the story, it's only them, whatever. I don't, in the tabletop, I don't play the Space Marines. I don't fuck with Space Marines. None of my friends do either. I could care less about their existence. 
Matter of fact, the races that I've played are technically the bad guys, if you will, in layman's terms. Um, so, you know, if I'm going to be a super, you know, push up the nose nerd, I'm bummed that it's not the faction I play. But it also makes sense that it's not the faction I play. So I am still excited to, to get my hands on it. It looks like a good shooter. The, like I said, the first one, as far as reviews go, uh, did very well. And uh, it was basically a reskin of Gears of War. We already know Gears of War is good. So if you like Warhammer and you like Gears of War, play the first one. And if you enjoy it, get excited for the second one because there's three-player co-op. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it looks good. Um, that trailer was gruesome. Dick. Yeah, Yeah, like just that scene where he like goes and... He's he's so he's got a he's got a like a chainsaw blade, right? And the this he like plows through a couple like grunt enemies, and this big guy like comes at him. He's got like blade arms. Are those tyranids, by the way? I do believe they are. Yeah, yeah, they look like tyranids. Uh, so the 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 bladey guy comes attacks him. He blocks it with this freaking chainsaw blade, and you're like, how's he getting out of this one? And like a marine would do, you pull out your pistol and shoot him in the freaking stomach, and then you rip their head off, like. <laughs> Simple, yeah, simple play. And I was just like, oh, like, like it was enough when he shot him in the stomach, right? I was like, ah, cool. That's how he's going to get to it. But then he ripped his head off. And I was yeah. like, there's the icing on the cake. Well, right there. and I, I think the timing is so cool on this, too, because not not that it's the same story. It's it's not. But, um, you know, the 10th edition rules just came out and the rules right. are typically based on a story of some kind uh and the um the starter box that came out is uh space marines versus tyranids mm. and tyranids have not been in the spotlight for like math to like eight years seven eight years something like that so uh it's really cool to have gotten all the hype built up for the new rules of the tabletop itself and Tyranids are getting revamped and new models and they look good or whatever. And then all of a sudden you see another trailer for this game and it's just space Marines and Tyranids going at it. Like thematically it was on point again. They're not related in that way, but, but with the similarities in this similarities by design, like the hype is already there. You know what I'm saying? Right. So good way to do it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Cool. So the next one we're going to go over is Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Now, if you guys have not yet heard about this and you're like, Jesus, why is there another Final Fantasy VII game? As a fan, I can tell you I agree with one exception. So Ever Crisis is going to be a mobile gotcha game, which has already absolutely positively turned me off from playing it. But the one thing that I want Ever Crisis for is this. Now... Ever Crisis, what we do know about it so far is that Ever Crisis is going to be the entire Final Fantasy VII story from beginning to end. So what I mean by that is it's not just the base game, although the base game is in this. So you're basically playing Final Fantasy VII Mobile, but it includes Crisis Core, which is before that, and before Crisis which is before Crisis Core. Now, a lot of people don't know about Before Crisis because it was released only in Japan 
only in Japanese and to even try and find it now is like damn near impossible. From what I've heard, I didn't even really put in the effort to try and find it myself I, because I was told I, I couldn't. I never heard about it. Yeah, so Before Crisis is, again, the prequel to Crisis Core. <laughs> and uh, so if you remember in Crisis Core, uh, do you remember Cisne? Nope. You played Crisis Core, didn't you? I did. I don't know who that person Cis is. Cisne... <laughs> Cisne, Cisne is the cute redhead that helps Zach in the Turks. Um, I got nothing. How dare you? <laughs> anyway, so, so Cisne is a really cool character that anyone else who's played it remembers because they actually care. But <laughs> Cisne, at the tail end of Crisis Core, tells you that Cisne is not actually her real name. And in Before Crisis, you play as Cisne, but she's also not named Cisne in that. She doesn't have a name. This character is basically unnamed. Hmm. So, obviously, having been so hard to get a hold of, I never got to play before Crisis. So I'm excited for Ever Crisis because I want to be able to at least see that bit of game. And with this announcement, they basically also announced that there's going to be new characters, there's going to be new weapons, a lot of things like that. There's new battle systems, new whatever. Um... I would say if you're a Final Fantasy VII fan and you want a different interpretation on it, look into Ever Crisis because it's gonna be the same stories but different ways to play it and it's gonna give you access to a game that you wouldn't otherwise have access to uh, unless you are listening from Japan and laughing at me right now, in which case that's so unfair. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be keeping an eye on it because I wanna see that bit of story at least. And if I get past that and then all of a sudden it's crisis core on my phone then yeah i don't i don't care and i will probably stop playing it but um i'll probably I think it has, check it out yeah it has a lot of potential it, it's a cool little chibi art style too so it's like even though it's the same story it is a different game and i don't know how the gotcha comes into play because it's still an rpg that you can buy gear and items from yeah i don't know where the gotcha comes into play um so we'll see but uh yeah ever crisis keep an eye out yeah i'm probably gonna check it out at least a little bit to see to see what it's like um even if it's just a time killer you know pick it up play it for a little bit put it down whatever um but yeah it looked like you could like it looked like you could organize your team in a different manner which is like definitely from like like it almost looked like you could have like zach and cloud and sephiroth on the same team so I think that's where they were going with like the whole gotcha thing. Like, oh, like you're gonna get the like you might play through Crisis Core, right? And you'll get Zach as a character, and then be able to like bring him in with to to uh, like Final Fantasy VII or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. That was that's how I like when I was watching the trailer. That's how I saw it anyway. Well, that's supposed to be just a fucking straight up Final Fantasy VII RPG. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm getting confused, right? Because if they want us to play through the original story, you need the characters that you would otherwise have. So, like, I I think I think like, could you imagine playing Final the OG Final Fantasy VII, but then like Tifa and Barrett are locked behind a gotcha? Like, that would be shit. So I don't I don't know how it's gonna work. I'm not saying that is how it's gonna work, but very curious to see where that system comes into play. 
Yeah, I'm looking it up just to make sure and make sure that we have the right information so we're not being dumb. Um, and the first one I saw that, yes, Ever Crisis will be a gotcha game. Um, but I'm looking for more information. Oh, it's also going to include Dirge of Cerberus yes. uh, and Advent Children. Yeah, like I said, from start to finish. The entire story from start to finish, including Before Crisis. The gotcha comprises new outfits for the cast, adding levity and spiciness to familiar events fans are abundantly knowledgeable about. That's all I got. Okay, so maybe it's just cosmetic. Maybe it's just cosmetic. That'd be cool. That's cool. They're doing a closed beta, and that's going to be open to US and Canada, and then um, and then we will have... Did I put... Did we, ha did we get a release date for that? Do you remember? I didn't, but yeah. I don't know if there is one or not. I think they said it earlier when they announced it on the in the anniversary broadcast when like when they announced so Crisis Core came out in December but before it did they announced it and they announced that they were working on Rebirth and then they announced I think Ever Crisis got not a release date but like it's like early next year uh it's either end of it's either early, sorry early next year early this year cuz it was at the end of 22 that they announced so i think yeah it's probably coming out in a couple months i would assume mm. yeah the the oh, the beta is for july 6th and then they're taking applications for uh by at june 28th so if you're interested get in and then hopefully get in it and then tell anthony how much you love slash and or hate it yeah next one we got is lies of p hey guys alec here this episode went on a lot longer than we thought we were going to do, and we we're already a week behind or ahead schedule, depending on which way you look at it. So we're going to cut this episode here. We're going to release the next episode next week. In the meantime, I really hope you guys enjoyed this one. Please check out our Twitter and our Twitch links over at thesimplecast.coopcouch.com, and we hope to see you guys in the next episode for the wrap-up of this one. Thank you guys so much.